first message by Mr. Steve Andrews, entitled, Words Fitly Spoken. So I want to introduce to all of you here and anyone that's tuning into this today on the internet. I am. Chose words fitly spoken. I've done this before, and um, I have a book called The Positive Words Powerful Results by Hal Urban. It's not a new book, it's been around for quite a while. He was a teacher, and he used some techniques to um, help kids get through uh, some of his classes. It's like uh, in school. And he was able to use positive words to bring about the change in some of his students and their thinking about it. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But I wanted to start out with some funnies. And um, Al Urban has some, some funnies in his book. The church bulletin. We all get a church bulletin every week. And some are more verbose than ours. And so there's some interesting, funny ones out there that you like. Little Mothers meeting this week, this Wednesday night. All ladies interested in becoming little mothers should see the pastor in his study. Irv, and this is another one. Irving Benson and Jesse Carter were married on October 24th in the church. So ends a friendship that began in their school days. That was in the bulletin. Eight new choir robes are currently needed due to addition of several new members and to the deterioration of some of the older ones. You see how words can manipulate and change? Miss Charlene Mason sang, I will not pass this way again, giving obvious pleasure to the congregation. Barbara remains in the hospital and needs blood tra- uh, donors for more transfusions. She is also having trouble sleeping and requests tapes of Pastor Jack's sermons. Uh, maybe mine, too, if you know. <laughs> Put you right to sleep. The rector will preach his farewell message, after which the choir will sing, Break Forth into Joy. Ladies, don't forget the rummage sale. It's the chance to get rid of those things not worth keeping around the house. Don't forget to bring your husband. Uh, a bean supper will be held on Tuesday evening in the church hall. Music will follow. Sometimes people just write the wrong thing. An evening service tonight, the sermon topic will be, What is hell? Come early and listen to the choir for practice. <laughs> Uh, smile at someone who had a, uh, uh, is hard to love. The sign outside of the church, don't let worry kill you, let the church help. <laughs> now, here's some actual letters to the pastor. Now, these are really good. I like these. Dear Pastor, I know God loves everybody, but he never met my sister. Another letter. I would like to go to heaven someday, because I know my brother won't be there. Please 
pray for all the airline pilots. I'm flying to California tomorrow. Please say a prayer for our little league, too. We need God's help for a new pitcher. My father says I should learn the Ten Commandments, but I don't think I want to because we have enough rules around in the house. Are there any devils on earth? I think there may be one in my class. I liked your sermon on Sunday, especially when it was done. <laughs> Amen to that one sometimes. It's been, you know, words are everything in our life. You know, they, they can affect us. They can change our the way of thinking. They can make us sad. They can make us happy. They can do all kinds of things because that's part of our, our psyche is being able to, to talk to one another, um, come to services and preach and different things. And one of the more interesting books that's been, been out for a very long time was um, a book by, written by George Orwell, and it's been talked about a lot recently. And in it, he talks about a situation in which everyone is ruled by the, the government, and words, depending on what the government tells you, that's what the words mean. And sometimes I find it after reading through it and thinking about it, I wonder, one, if he was prophetic, or two, he was laying out a roadmap for the future. Because in that particular um, this, this book, he was actually had um, TVs and stuff in the rooms or monitors in, in every room for every citizen so that they would know everything that was going on for their citizens. It's interesting in this today, in our society today, that we have, <laughs> and you can buy that little box, and you can call the lectures, or any of us, about three or four of them out there, and you can buy that little box, and you can tell it to, to, to turn on the radio, or to play music for you, or anything like that. But is that little box honestly used? It listening to you, what you say, and what you do. Now we have smart TVs. So smart TVs might be listening to what we're talking about, and maybe even monitoring what we do. And, of course, uh, the Internet of Things, if anybody's not familiar with that, that is uh, what's come about in a lot of modern buildings and things in which everything is controlled by the internet. And the computer programs that actually control all those things. Well, they can also be used to uh, control the way you think and the way you do things. And I just now noticed one different thing. I don't know whether it's California or wherever, but they have smart thermostats. And what do they do with smart thermostats when they, want, they don't want you using that energy? You can't go over and you can't mess with them, you can't do anything, because you made an agreement to use the smart thermostat. So anyway, there's some of those things that are that are uh, that are out today. And and then let's discuss older people. I'm just, 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 I'm just
get used to what's going on in the society. I, I did not grow up thinking I had to worry about somebody's pronouns, whether they were he or she or what. And some teachers in some schools, they have to be very careful what they, they call on the kid. That's a this or an X or a that. Come on. Pronouns. He, she. What is it? God created us. Male and female created in them. Well, there's another little word out there that really makes absolutely no sense. And it just bugs me to death, and that word is transgender. Everybody that uses that word has been programmed by somebody to believe that men can become women and women can become men. And it's just like Henry Orwell's news speech. You've got to believe this. You've got to believe this. You know, you, you over and over again, they, they program you to believe that you can change your gender. And yet biologists and everybody else and anybody that's ever studied it knows there's no way to do that. And yet we are inundated with this. And not only that, if you don't believe in it, what are you? A racist. A homophobe, a transphobe, a whatever phobe, but you're also very much a racist. I read an article recently that everything is racist. So the guy at the bottom of the article, what did he say? Well, if everything racist, nothing is racist. So he kind of ends that little thing. And I, told, I talked about this once before. Names that we used to, to use all the time and had no problem with it because they meant something totally different. If you were gay, you were not what you are today. Okay? If you have pride, you are not what they think you are today. If you believe in the rainbow, you are not believing what a lot of people believe the rainbow symbol is. And I told you before, I still don't understand both. It's hard to understand. Anyway, in Hal Urban's book, he talks about a lot about words. It's very interesting. He has... Um, the power of words. And I've read this before, some of you rem remember it. A careless word may kindle strife. A cruel word may wreck a life. A bitter word may hate and steal. A brutal word may smite and kill. A gracious word may smooth the way. A joyous word may light the day. A timely word may lessen strife, and a loving word may heal and bless. Hal Irvin has the, uh, what he calls the, the dirty 30. Um, there's some kind of dirty 30 in there. Here we go. Here's, here's his dirty 30. Really quick, I'll read through it. Very, very quickly. He calls them bragging, 
swearing, another gross language, gossip, angry words, lies, mean-spirited and hurtful words, judging others, playing for me yourself self-pleasing, making discouraging remarks, embarrassing and humiliating people, excessive fault-finding and criticism, complaining, moaning, whining, rude and inconsiderate language, teasing, manipulation, trying to impress others with the phony and sincere comments, ethnic and racial slurs, sexist comments, age-related put-downs, being negative, always pointing out what's wrong, threats, arguing, interpreting, not letting the other person finish, playing from always popping someone else's story, being know-it-alls, false flattery, yelling, talking down to people, being condescending, exaggerating, blaming, and accusing others. And that's a pretty dirty 30. Our title today comes out of Proverbs, the, uh, the 25th chapter. There's just one, one verse, but I'm going to read some translations. I'm going to read it out of the New King James first. I finally broke down and bought some new Bibles. I uh, thought mine was finally falling apart enough that it should be something. So in verse 11 here it says, I don't know, I'm going to get the Proverbs in that psalm. He says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Huh? That sounds very interesting. And so I went in and I thought, well, Let's see what some of the other translations. Uh, New American Standard Bible. Like apples of gold and settings of silver is a word spoken at the proper time. You know, a word can really make a difference in a, in a person's life at the proper situation at the proper time. Uh, New literal transla translation. Timely advice is lovely like golden apples in a silver basket. Um, I picked some that are not exactly like King James or like the New King, New King James. So uh, NIV says, like apples of gold in settings of silver, if a ruling rightly given, a ruler rightly given. And then the rest of these, This is um, uh, Darby, I think. Uh, BBY, I'm not sure about that translation, but as apples of gold in a picture of silver is a word spoken in season. So we can see that that proper word, that proper wonderful word spoken at the right time is, is a very wonderful thing. And so Halorban also has thoughtful words. Let's see if I can find my thoughtful words in here. And let's see. Because he, I don't know what they marked in here. Where they were, it's not a very big book, but it's very interesting and very. Uh, and he goes through a lot of the things that he did to help um, to help the students to have a better, well, not only to have a better vo uh, word vocabulary, but also to be. Uh, more 
considerate of one another, more considerate of being together. Now, I guess in, in schools today, there's a lot of things going on in which they just, just disrupt the school and disrupt the, the classroom and things. And he, he was trying to get his students to really um, have a, a proper attitude when they came to the, to the class. So, Al Irvin's sturdy, wonderful, thoughtful, and he's thoughtful thirty. Give encouragement. Express thanks. Acknowledge others. Extend greetings. Give a compliment. Congratulate someone. Teach. Give instructions. Offer words of comfort. Inspire others. Celebrate and cheer. Inquire. Express interest. Mend relationships. Make others laugh. Show faith and trust. Share good news. We do. Share the good news. The gospel message. That's what we do here. Praise, honor, build up. Let's try that. Please, we're trying to be that way here. Express caring. Show understanding and empathy. Give approval. Extend an invitation. Show courtesy and respect. Give advice and counsel. When needed, apologize. Forgive. Boy, the Bible is full of these. Just right out of the Bible. Offer to help. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Boy, we are in a society that uh, just does not want to tell the truth. Point out the good. Use terms of affection. Provide valuable information. Communicate love. Communicate love. Well, we do that. We talk about God's Word, the love of God, and what He has written in His book. It goes back. In John, the 17th chapter, just one verse, 17, 17. We are... In his final prayer for his disciples and for us, he says, Sanctify them. That means set apart, make holy. Them by your truth. Your word is truth. Always praying to the Father. All the word of God is truth. Jesus came down as the Word, and He exemplified the Word. He lived it, and He is the living Word. Now, He may be in the thing, but He is the living Word. And now, let's go to Matthew, the fourth chapter. He was contending with faith. He had to go into the wilderness and contend with faith. In Matthew, the fourth chapter, beginning in verse 1, it says, Then Jesus was led up into the, uh, by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when, he was fa- and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. 
But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That was in Deuteronomy, I believe, chapter verse 3. Right out of Scripture. He just quoted right out of Scripture. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple. He said to them, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give His angels charge over you, and in their hand they shall bear you up, unless you dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. It's also in Deuteronomy. I didn't quite look that one up. And again, the devil took him up into an exceedingly high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said unto him, unto him, All these things I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said unto him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Right out of the book of Deuteronomy. Direct quote. How powerful are the words of God? They're tremendously powerful. And just, this is a short message today. In Hebrews, the fourth chapter. Eventually, I can't get the page to read. Blanks and I just trying to get to the end of the book. Hebrews 4, beginning of verse 11. Just two verses there. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. Lest anyone fall according um, according to the same example of disobedience. And he was talking all about uh, Israel and their disobedience of being in the, in the wilderness and stuff. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Well, one of the things that, that um, will continue to happen if something doesn't turn around in the United States and, the, and even in the world is that this word, this word will be suppressed more and more. Right now, we're still pretty free about being able to express ourselves, talk about things. Um, let's see, for example, um, He's still kinding and lesser and, and strong and, uh, and rebuking those that are sinning and doing things that are wrong and asking for this country to repent and to come back. Others are doing the same thing and we're trying to, to, to reach out to the world and, and, and wanting people to change. Come back to the Word of God. Come back and study God's Word. Come back and, and, and really let God's Word enter in and, and change our hearts. 
and open our minds. If you study God's Word, your mind is not going to be uh, fixed on the things of the world. It's going to be able to, to discern what's happening, what's going on in the world that we live in. He says, a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. One of these days, everyone will have to give account of what, you know, the life that they live on this earth. Wouldn't it be good today to turn God's Word and to look and search it out? Because the words of God are positive. They're strong. They have great meaning for all, for all, of, um, all of mankind throughout all of the ages, from ages past, ages present, and ages to come. They will be used in the kingdom of God someday. And we begin to seek those who are not willing to turn, but God is going to give them a chance, and teach them the positive words of God. Written in this book.